And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Plus minus. Curry, way down to Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there. <laughs> Plus minus. Play driving again. Tell Marcus that he asked you know, that question about my defense. Do you hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. Y'all have a great night. I think he got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Hello and welcome to uh, an end of road trip edition of the Worst Plus Minus podcast, Tim Kawakami. This is our weekly uh, plus minus after a doozy of a week, really across Bay Area sports, right? I mean, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all kinds of stuff going on. You got the 49ers kind of floating out there, uh, doing doing quite well. And then you have all kinds of other stuff kind of like hitting everybody, like massive megaton bombs, uh, including the uh, San Francisco Giants. So, uh, but uh, I was kind of busy on that one today, but I did get a chance to watch the Warriors, of course. The Warriors end a terrible road trip, so we've got to do a show, right? So we couldn't be doing a show when they're winning. We got to be doing a show after uh, they lose by a well, combined how much in New York? I don't know. You probably had that tallied up. 68. Yeah, 68. Uh, I believe I got that. Yeah, 38 uh, against the Knicks and 30 tonight. And 30 was like, wow, they got it back to 30. Good job. Oh, yeah. Because uh, oh, it was yeah. 40 at half. They were down 91-51 at half. 91 points. Yeah, tied for the most they've ever given up in a half. Um, but, in, you know, I think two steps back, it's about the road trip in general and the road record, right? Three and 16 on the road, which is something we're all monitoring on a day-by-day basis. But also one and five on this trip. Uh, with a, you know, I thought a pretty bad performance in Milwaukee coming off that good Celtics win. Then uh, lackluster game against the Pacers that included Steph Curry had 38 trying to drag him across the finish line and then boom he gets the shoulder injury which really spent, sends this trip into a spiral um it what I thought you know they they look good in Toronto they got a nice win and I yeah. thought you know they can maybe salvage one of the two in New York and then I got to the shoot around an MSG yesterday morning before the two games and you heard like well Dante's out well Jermichael Green's <laughs> out you know, that like, you know, some bug was kind of rolling through the team and you're like, Gee, like, this is going to be a thin rotation. And it played itself out. It exposed, you know, the emptiness on the back end of the roster right now, particularly with the young guys who haven't um, materialized at this point. Uh, the empty 15th, Andre Wadal, all that combined together. And it's, you know, and the Knicks and Nets are playing really well right now, right? I think the Knicks have won eight in a row, Nets now seven in a row. So, it swirled into a back-to-back just bloodbath, and now they're heading home. Um, not really in too bad of a situation standings-wise because the West is so clumped up, but uh, bad, just generally bad vibes about what's going on. Obviously. Yeah, you know when the step injury happened, I, I wasn't I was in Seattle, I didn't see it, but I just you know my first thought was you know if it's if it's a minor injury, if it's only for a week or two. This is not terrible timing for it, right? Because this is these are road games. They're terrible on the road. 
They lost on the road when Steph was playing for them. You know, they're going to lose these tough road games probably anyway. I was surprised they beat Toronto, frankly. And the timing wasn't as long as they got them back for this big homestand. This is this huge eight-game homestand. Get their record back on track. But he's going to miss that too. So, you know, that that makes this homestand without Steph. I presume Wiggins is going to be back for it. Wiggins likely for Christmas, which yeah. is the first game in the homestand. But yeah, it's pivotal, is, is what you're getting. Yeah, they, they got to go six. They got to go six yeah. and two. You know, it's, it's got to be a seven and one would be re- really helpful. They go five and three. They go four and four. I think they take go, five and three right yeah, now. Yeah, I, I guess they take five and three. We'll, we'll see. I mean, they, they're a good home team, Slater, though. Like, they're just well, better with on Steph the road. Curry, they're a good home team. We're about, I, I, I think, yeah, well, you're right, but we'll see. I, I just think Jordan Poole's a different player at home this season. So's Wiggins. You looked at Wiggins' home run yeah. differential, it's massive. There's something about them. And you know what? They weren't a great road team last season. They were not. They were 22 and 19. It's their worst road record of any of their final seasons. There's something that maybe because they're older, the clay bit about of it, you know, they're not as deep this season. <clears throat> they're just not tough for, you know, that, that team that digs out like three games on a five-game road trip. They're not that team, clearly, this season. Uh, may not be all season. Who knows? But, like, th- this this points everything to that home team. I, I think they already were, but even before Steph got hurt. Now, yeah, that's survival. They've got to make sure they don't get underwater. Because, you know, we've all been talking about it. What happens if Steph misses a bunch of games, they go drop down, and then they got to, as soon as he's in, he's playing 37 minutes every game, life or death. He's carrying them, trying to get him to the finish line to get to, what, the seventh seed? And then he's exhausted, and they go in the, into the playoffs. Well, they'll play in if they're the seventh seed, you know, kind of gasping a little bit. That's what exactly they don't want to happen. Yeah, I think six has got to be the target at this point. Yep. I know it's a little early to just already be like, oh, you somehow get to six. But, yeah, you, I mean, just avoid the plan. I, you know, I talked to Draymond postgame in the locker room, talked to, you know, Kerr a little bit about this. But, they, I mean, they they understand the importance of, like, getting right now, essentially, like, for this homestand. Yep. Um, Shenzo apparently was pretty sick. You know, we'll see if he gets back. Uh, Jermichael Green's entered health and safety protocols, which signals, you know, COVID. Um, So I I feel like that's probably unlikely by Christmas. Um, So they're going to have rotation holes. I mean, the Wiggins return is probably underrated in its importance. I mean, he's like become basically their second best player starting in the playoffs last season. Uh, And, and, you know, they're struggling a lot of time. They're struggling with two things right now. Like, uh, Clearly defensively, they just gave up like yes. what, 138, 142 yep. uh, the last two nights, and he's their best defender. And then, like, just secondary scoring, guy who can go get a bucket, like, pressure not always on Jordan Poole, or Clay Thompson has to, like, handle the ball up top, which is just not something he should really be doing. So, like, Wiggins, Wiggins will get you 24, uh, and especially the way he's, he's shooting the three. So, his comeback will be big, but. Uh, you know, Memphis to start it off. A hungry Memphis team that is going to want to, like, keep the Warriors in the dirt. So yep. that Christmas game uh, sets up as interesting. Uh, do you – let's talk, you know, generally, I guess maybe specifically about players on this road trip. Pools, I guess, recent streak post-Curry injury has been interesting. He gets in the starting lineup, which was so good for him last season. He has really, you know, the most productive game of his career in the lone win. And it was big. They need, you know, stealing one on this trip was actually pretty important for them. Yeah. 
he gets the 43 in Toronto. But tonight, 4-17, seven turnovers. Uh, Kerr mentioned in postgame, like, hey, look, all eyes are on him. Ben Simmons is hounding him. The game plan is shaded towards him. And this is just, like, part of his development. But, you know, I mean, he, he was a main problem tonight. No question. You know, and, and there's we, we know it, Kerr. I mean, he's shading it. He's trying to be as optimistic as possible. And he's not going to rip this guy because Bull's a really good player. And he's done really, you know, 43 in Toronto when they really needed it. And it was terrific. But you don't. You know, you need a middle ground here. You can't be 43 and then just absolutely abysmal. And he was not good last night either. Um, like, there's got to be a reliable. That's what makes good players good. It isn't, oh, no, you got a good player on you now, so you can stink tonight. Like, that's not, that's not when you're a good player. When you're a good player, you still find a way to get 20 hard points. Or you make sure that you don't turn it over. You don't just dr- – how many times he dropped the ball today, Slater? I mean, two or three times. He just dropped the ball. They, and, their entire team the last two nights was just bobbling everything. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what is going on with some of that. I, I think a lot, a lot of it is trying to do too much. It's trying to make these sudden moves that, that you're not quite ready to make. But there's got to be a higher floor for him because when he goes through that his floor, it's horrendous. It's just really, really bad. And it takes everything down because, you know, we know he does not give it back to them on the defensive side. He just that that's going to be a problem this whole career is if he can just maintain some level of defensive intensity that has not done it much on the road this season, especially when, you know, when Steph's out like this is why he's making the I say this, but this is why he got the big contract isn't because. You're going to play good when Steph's out there, and then everything else, who cares? No, it's when you're going to be play good, you're going to play good. You're, you've got to be a good player. Find a way. Has not happened for Poole this season. We know there's a lot of things that have gone on, uh, but it's been a disappointing year for him, and I think especially on the road, where he's like, he's just got to be a consistent player. Again, he does not have to go for 43, but make sure you're a threat. Make sure the defense has to move to you. Make sure that you're – getting the buckets that are there and you're helping everyone else and you're playing representative defense. And, and that hasn't happened a lot. Um, there's these incredible talent. There's a reason why he's being counted on. And when you're being counted on, you can't have clunkers like game after game after game. That's a problem. And, you know, they're not, you know, defense of being there would have been a big help. Obviously uh, they don't have a lot of depth beyond that, but, there are times when Jordan Poole is like the best thing that's happening for the other team. That's a problem. <laughs> that's, a, that's a major problem when you're, you know, what, the second most talented player the Warriors had on the floor behind Draymond tonight? I mean, like, those are those are issues. So uh, I would, I'd say Poole was the biggest one on this road trip. But then, you know, Moses Moody gets minutes because Clay's missing games and DiVincenzo's out and, and, and more importantly, Wiggins is out and, what do you think of Moody? I mean, I just thought Moody looks like he's moving in slow motion out there. Yeah, he, struggles, he, he struggles with NBA length. Um, and NBA uh, speed. Speed, yeah. You know, it's like he, the 3 and D archetype he's supposed to be, like the defense just – I'm not sure physically at this stage of his career he can be, you know, like the, the plus-level defender they kind of need him to be. I mean, I, the three part, I'm very confident in, right? Like, yeah. he, you know, the yeah. shot looks good. Um, you know, he can get some sneaky buckets, but sometimes he drives himself into traffic, and those layups 
at Arkansas were working fine. G League, Summer League, you know, he had a 38-point game or whatever it was at the Summer League. Well, suddenly it's Nick Claxton in there. It's Kevin Durant swooping around the backside, and it's, like, much harder for him to sneak a reverse layup and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, I didn't think he was – bad both nights you know i thought he started the Knicks game pretty good he hustled for an offensive rebound he was kind of flying around a little bit you could tell he had some juice but then he kind of disappeared a little bit and um you know at one point ty jerome who had had a pretty good first half against the knicks they you know steve kerr replaces moody very early yep. in the second half for yep. ty jerome that's never a good sign yep. um better tonight you know i think he has finished with 17 against the nets um i'm not he, I still see a rotation player within there, but maybe not as high level of a glue guy as we were expecting entering the season because it just does seem like the athletic limitations. Especially on defense, I think. I mean, I, I, we've seen the offensive struggles finishing, and you know, that's understandable, and the NBA's t- tough with that stuff. Uh, and the Warriors, may, you know, you need to make good decisions, and sometimes these guys, you, we can see it on their faces, they're having trouble making these quick decisions. But on defense, he just gets blown by, and I'm surprised by that because I, I did not see that last season, maybe just because responsibility was less. I thought his length, and you know, and, and I thought his strength would help there, just like just stay in front of guys, and you just see it. Like he just opens up and they go past him. Uh, that is not a good sign for the future we'll see he's he should be physically capable i just he looks like he should be but you know these are minutes that, that are very important they, they need wings <laughs> they absolutely need wings and i don't know that i mean i i've been wondering why he wasn't playing early the season and more and more i'm seeing like there's been a reason like there there's issues here um but we can bring up the positive i mean james wiseman who I mean, you and I, you've been hitting, I've been hitting, like, there's issues with him clearly, but in tonight, whatever, it's in a blowout game, it's in a ridiculous game where the, you know, Nets are not playing the center, essentially, but, hey, he did what he did, like, caught the ball, turned around, and dunked, like, that's, for him, that's a major step, but he did it, like, eight times, so I give him credit for that, he looks like he's working hard, he looks like he's being diligent, we know he has his there's limitations there, and the hands were not bad tonight, but as you pointed out, last, I mean, he's poking the ball around last night in other games. Even today, there was, like, post entries that aren't yep. – like, if it's not a great pass, it's very tough for him to catch. You know, if it's something yep. at his ankles, he's kind of like – you know, and you're like, pool, you need to, like, throw a better entry pass there, but also, like, you know, you don't want your big man just fumbling that out of bounds. Yeah, time. he just – he doesn't absorb the ball. He stabs at it. That's yeah. what I just noticed. And I don't know, you know, Azili was just, I just so reminded of Azili, and maybe because I see him on the pre and post game shows all the time, but that's what Azili did. And they, they kept trying to work on, you know, they do these tennis ball drills, they do all these different things, and he just could never get where he absorbs the ball. Chris Weber would just, the ball would come to him and it was like a suction cup. Uh, Draymond, same kind of thing. He absorbs the ball. And Looney. Looney, absolutely. The ball comes to them. They just, it just, it doesn't leave the hands. And Wiseman bats at it. He stabs at it. It's just like, I don't understand why he's doing that, but it just is the natural way it happens for him. And that's, I don't know that that, where that gets fixed. I don't, it's going to be very hard on the NBA level to try to fix that. 
but he was good night. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to do this long thing. Yeah, or, I mean, this yeah. was a po- this was a positive night for him. And even if you're like, hey, look, he's like, if he's going to help the Warriors, it can't be as a bad defender, which he was tonight. Everybody was bad defensively. Yeah. This score is 30 because, like, when, you know, the Warriors are all together, he's not going to be featured offensively. But, like, you just need to see him become – and look more like a capable NBA player, particularly if you know he's used on the trademark. Yeah, right? I was going to say, that's showcase. James show, yeah. Wiseman showcase. Uh, they can't trade him now. But cause... even if he isn't, like, you, did, you needed this night coming off last night. Yeah. Because last night was really bad. Yeah. And I would actually say the two NBA little cameos he made before that, Utah and Philly, I was generally positive. I talked to Kerr for a story that, I, you know, probably come out maybe – uh, in the next couple of days or two, just, you know, general big picture look at the youth movement and just state of the team. And, you know, he mentioned he thought the seven minutes in, like, I guess the Sixers, he was everywhere he needed to be defensively. It was the best he'd ever seen him play, like center field, cat and mouse type stuff. It, it, it's small steps. You thought he was moving in a positive direction. The Knicks game felt disastrous. And I, you know, responded decently tonight. And, and you know, we could probably talk more like roster construction question marks, you know, that go beyond James Wiseman. Um, but at least he was not horrible tonight. And, um, you know, Patrick Baldwin, too, hit five threes and like yep. at least looked like the profile of a player who long term might be helpful. Now, should that be with the Warriors? Can it be with the Warriors? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but, you know. I don't know. I, every time I see him hit two threes, I wonder, I wonder how Kerr might be able to sneak him into the back end of the rotation. It's not going to happen. I know there's other problems there, but that's nice to have. Like, you know, Davis Bertans has made a lot of money just doing that, right? I mean, this guy's got a stroke. Yeah. And he's 6'10". So he can get the shot. I mean, again, he's not great when he's guarded, even as, you know, that's tough to hit a, a defended three. But when he's open... That is a nice, nice shooting stroke. And you can do some things with a 6'10 shooter. Not this season. I'm not, you know, I'm amusing about this season. But there's some interesting things to this. Like, there's some interesting warrior stuff with that. The defense is a whole other thing. The athletic, you know, that, that there's no question. Like, there's going to, there's limitations there. But 6'10 shooter, when you know, when you just like the stuff we've seen from Wiseman that doesn't quite fit, stuff we've seen from Kaminga sometimes that doesn't quite fit. Some other players, like we thought that Bielitsa was going to be because he was a 6'11 shooter and he didn't really shoot that much. I, I see that from Baldwin. Now, you, you need more toughness and you need more savvy and all these things, but. Man, that stroke, man. <laughs> like, there's there's players who just have done that in the league at his size and have done pretty well. So I, I'm circling him. Uh, Ryan Rollins, no. Um, trying to think. Of, I mean, there's just uh, Ryan Rollins is not a good player. I mean, he might turn into a good player, but whoa, every time he's out there, he's like falling down and dribbling it away and not knowing what he's doing. Yeah, when they there. when they drafted Ryan Rollins, you thought like, hey, maybe they believe this guy has enough early on to, like, give backup guard yep. minutes. They were talking like that. They were talking like that. Yeah, and, I mean, they put him on the roster. I mean, he has a roster spot. But meanwhile, like, pretty obviously early on when they got Ty Jerome, it was like, well, Kirk trusts Ty Jerome more. And, like, you know, I have issues at times, like, you know, why is Moody – or, you know, why is Jerome playing over Moody? But, I mean, you saw it the last two nights. I mean, Jerome yes. does a lot more than, than Ryan no Rollins does. At this he point. can get you into the offense. He can threaten a little bit. He's tall. You know, he can a little help out on switches. 
And again, not wanting to go on a on a rant on a young player who wasn't a first round pick, but he is on the roster, and they kind of talk like he's going to be their you know third point guard. I think Bob Myers even said that to me, like he's got a real chance to be the third point guard, and he is not playable. In, in and he has he has multi multiple guaranteed year contract, yeah. and you know yep. this is it's a right around the same spot in the draft that they, you know, paid for to get Smiley each, you know, they traded yeah. in to get Smiley each and they put him on a multi-year deal. And, you know, pretty early on with Smiley each, you could tell like this just yep. isn't happening. And I'm, we'll see with Rollins, you know, he's had a couple of nice games in the G league. He had like a pretty big triple double one of the games. Um, but, you know, if it's going into next year and he hasn't shown enough to believe he can even sniff of the rotation next season, then it starts to look like smiling each again. We'll see. Yep. Um, you know, again, and I, you know, we know why they're doing it. It's a cheap way to roster spot. You're, they're hoping that they can save some some money there because they're paying so much everywhere else. But and I know it's a diff- slightly different position, but who would be better than for them right now, uh, Ryan Rollins or Damian Lee? I mean, it's not even close. Like it's not even. Damian Lee is like and among the leaders in three point percentage. Yes, generally. like he would he would be really helping them. And I'm I'm you know I don't want to sound like I was campaigning for my I just assumed he was gone too. Like the uh, you understand the realities of the situation. It would cost more than Ryan Rollins would be, and with their luxury tax and all that, all the things we've been saying endlessly. But just for like makeup of a rotation. Damian Lee would be playing right now. He would, and you know, they miss JTA. You know, they miss all those guys who, you know, they didn't play in the playoffs. But for games like this, for for schedule stretches like this, like, those are valuable guys. Like, yep. they, and they don't have them. But those are what they don't have. Again, we understand why. When you've got four guys making 136 million or whatever that number is for Steph, Draymond, uh, Clay, and and Wiggins, you have to make. You know, there's a little, mo- you know, a lot of different moves you got to make that are going to maybe hurt you on the back end, and you're just praying for these guys to to be able to step in, and you're projecting, and I think some of the projections and some of the hopes have been kind of spilling all over the place. It, it happens. Uh, DiVincenzo is is a big miss. Like there's the thing. I actually think like, DiVincenzo is a, might be a hit. No, I, no, I agree. I was going to say like, we're, he wasn't out there. So he's a guy where they made a move. And I think that was the right move. Other ones, not so much. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. 
High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. So Kaminga has, like, you know, by the by the end of the homestand, which is, you know, he's dunking on Jason Tatum on ABC Saturday night. And, uh, it was like, you know, punctuating a seven-game stretch or so where he just was great. Um, he cooled off on this road trip and had some tougher games. You know, it w- wasn't all bad, but I'd say the last two nights were, particularly tonight, I think he was 0-7 at some point. I don't know what he finished as. Missing layups with a little sluggish. He had like seven layups. I mean, it was yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, now, right did at the Kurt, rim. Did, yeah. did Kurt talk about why he didn't play much? Uh, I guess it was last night or I guess, no, the Toronto game, I guess. Toronto game, yep. you know, he's icing his knee on the bench. He plays five okay. minutes. Uh, he's listed with left knee soreness, you know, going into the next game. They need him to play the next game. No Jermichael Green, uh, no DiVincenzo. So, you know, he goes through shoot around. So th- that to me seemed more like a physical thing. Uh, and then tonight, I don't know if you saw, but end of the third quarter, last possession in the third quarter, he's guarding Seth Curry. Uh, he rolls his left ankle pretty good. Mm-hmm. Goes to the, and he's not even on the bench in the fourth quarter. He goes to the back with Celebrini. He had it wrapped post game with ice in it and limping around. So, you know, they have three days off. Um, but they not only need Kaminga back for this homestand where they're trying to cobble together any type of rotation, but like they need like, you know, the bouncy Jonathan Kaminga, the figuring it out Jonathan Kaminga, who, had arrived for a little bit, but kind of faded a little bit during this road trip. That might be a home road thing too, right? I mean, young players on the road, suddenly, you know, it's getting pretty loud and, and maybe you don't feel quite right. That happens on the road. You're playing, you know, games are normally a lot more compacted on the road than they are at home and you don't get a practice and all those things. Uh, we'll see. But you, you mentioned like they, they need a bouncy. They need, you know, all this stuff. God, they they could really use Andre Godal playing at some point. You know, I, I know we've said it like he's there for the playoffs. He's there, like he's a roster spot. He's just there, and they don't have him. And may, maybe they thought that they wouldn't need him until you know they just flip on the Andre switch in February or March. I, I don't know that they're at the point where that's a, a luxury that they can afford. Because like if you're ready to go, Andre, you should be playing. Because that otherwise it's Anthony Lamb for 24 minutes, or it's you know who you know I, I don't even know Patrick Baldwin, or it's like he's on the roster and God bless him, he didn't put a gun to their head and demand that he that, you know that that he signed with them. Uh, they were kept the spot open for him. It's a minimum salary. It's not like he's burning a huge hole in Joe Lake's pocket, but he's a roster spot. He's a good player. Uh, like when's he gonna play? Like at some point he's got to play. Yeah, you do get a sense that it's you know maybe nearing, but he has been very protective of any target return date. Even though he says he has a plan, he clearly doesn't want it out there. Like when exactly it is, um, you know, you see him going through workouts. He's on every day of this road trip. He's around the locker room. He's you know chatty with with everybody. You know, he's in New York. He's seeing PA. You know. Uh, I guess like, you know, big wigs in New York and like, so he's, we'll see. You know, I do, I do think you will see him at some point. I, but again, I don't want to put a timeline on it. I'd guess in the next month, but it's a guess because he is, you know, not revealing that. And I uh, will, but what I, I do agree with you that like, you know, their thought was, Hey, come this time of the year, nobody would be sitting there saying, Hey, there needs to be an Andre Iguodala sighting right now because the thought was they would be 
10 games over 500 yeah. and, you know, cruising into as a three seed or whatever. And you could unveil him in February, March to, as you kind of cruise to, to a comfortable playoff positioning. But now it's like, you know, regular season wins matter. They yes. need to get to six seed. So, uh, and that's well, probably yeah, bad. Anthony Lamb is like a pivot point of the season. Like that's, I, I, I can just feel Warriors fans frustration. It's like, Hey, no, knock on Anthony Lamb, but, like you got Andre Iguodala on the roster. Like there are other people out there playing minutes that are important minutes. These are significant minutes now. These are minutes that are going to side their playoff positioning. Could be minutes that are co- going to cost them major playoff positioning. And you have Andre Iguodala there. It is, uh, and you know, and, and and it's not like they're ten games in the season. They're thirty-one. What thirty-two games in the season? Uh, pretty significant chunk of the season, and, and there's still no sense of when he's going to play. Again, they took him on his own terms. More power to him. He's important. You know, he probably was been very important in the preseason after the, you know the Draymond incident. Like these are things that we know he he they brought him in here for, but they also brought him in. You know, he's a roster spot. He's not a he's not a assistant coach. He's a he's a roster spot. When they're already burning roster spots with other people who they're not counting on. Uh, that is going to come into play, or if it hasn't already come into play, like that, the, the, they need you know, thank you know, for their part, they they got to thank God they're getting quality minutes out of their two way guys. If they were not getting quality minutes out of their two way guys, Slater, this would be an emergency for the roster, like dead emergency. At least they're getting that out of Jerome and, and and Lamb. At least they're getting that. Yeah, and I, you know, that was obviously part of the roster construction was the way they you know, overloaded the young guys and it has been an overload it was like the two way guys were going to be like guys that they felt Kerr could put in a game. Um, so somewhat part of their plan, but yes. Yep. Yep. Um, so clay quiet road trip, you know, I think he finishes about 35% shooting on the road trip. He had some couple bad turnover games, which is rare for him, but you know, without Steph, he's handling the ball a bit more. He's trying tight window passes that just weren't working out. Um, you know, they're about to get three days off. And you know, and the other thing I should mention with Clay, a couple times was listed with left knee soreness. Kerr mm-hmm. mentioned in one of the post games that it was bothering him. There was the Philadelphia game after he played a bad game and then he gutted through it. Obviously, he doesn't play on the second night of a back to back tonight. Like, physically, you know, he's, he, as he gets older, you know, these East Coast cold road trips where the games mm-hmm. pile up are tougher. They're about to get three days off before the Christmas game. And then, you know, an eight game homestand. Typically is better on the body, so uh, this is a huge stretch for him coming up because part of the reason they survived down the stretch without Steph last season was he got hot. Um, you don't want him always chasing forty point nights because that can be destructive at times too. But they're good. They, I mean, they need they need a good two way stretch for him with relative efficiency on decent volume. No question, and they need him to feel good about himself. Like they, they're just better when Clay's feeling good. You know, we know that vibe. We know that. You know, when he's bouncing and he's up at the podium and making his airplane. How about airplane. the Celtics game? You know, their last yeah. home game. Yeah, exactly. He was, like, bouncing around. He was, like, he, and I just the, – the team rides along with that. And, you know, that is also because he's playing well when he's in a good mood. It all goes together. But, like, they get down when he's down. Like, they just – it is part of, of who they are. And when he's – frustrated and he's clanking up shots and i thought that quick shot i i commented on is like you know ter- quick you know they're they're playing pretty well last night and all of a sudden he, early on you know they were maybe down six 
second quarter, I think it was, and he gets a quick shot at top, and like just turns wheels, boom, air ball. Like, what is that? Uh, and I mentioned, as Azubuki said it early in the in the, in the uh, road trip, like I forget what game it was, but you know, Clay just fired up a ridiculous, you know, heat check shot when he wasn't hot, and Azubuki had the guts to say, you know, you cannot miss a shot like that you know when it's that situation like if if you're going to miss it like that don't take it like it was that kind of like if it's a fair shot take it that's fine but if it's a bad shot you better be feeling it because you clank it like that you're just messing up everything he didn't say that it's my interpretation and clay's done that a few times and we know why right he he wants to get hot he wants to feel that and when clay gets hot he carries everything all the things we're talking about the mood the you know the bounce the rhythm but the pressing of it is getting, you know, looks worse when he's playing like this. And it it, it burdens the team more. I, I think he's fighting on defense. I want to point out. I mean, I think, you know, again, he doesn't have lateral speed. He's never, probably never going to have that again. It's remarkable that he had it as long as he did. But he's fighting. Like, he's clanging around in there on the post. And guys don't go right, you know, bigger guys than him don't go right over him. That's the stuff we saw in the playoffs last season. Like Kerr was basically playing him like a, you know, another power forward because he's strong and he's long and he fights. So that part I think is a credit to him. It's just that offense when he's not feeling it when he tries to get himself to feel it, uh, that has been way off when when he's been off. And they have these these, what is it, eight game homestand, whatever it is. Like yeah, this is yeah, this is Clay. This is Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole. You know, if Wiggins comes back, like those guys who have not been great on the road, because I think Draymond's, you know, Draymond's been Draymond. Like he's going to do what he's going to do. He's had some bad games on the road, but not terrible games on the road. He's what he is. And I think it's those the three scorers who have hit the wall on the road a lot this season. Like, you know, who's been their only real reliable scorer on the road? Steph Curry, right? That's been their only guy. They're like, okay, put him down. He's going to – and that's what greatness is. It's why he's valuable. Someone else has got to do it when Steph's out. At home, then these other guys feel more comfortable, can get their shots, and that's where they're going to have to do it in this in this understand. Yeah, you you mentioned Draymond, you know, his road trip. Uh, you know, he gets ejected pretty much right after uh, – Steph gets injured in Indy, and then he misses the next game with the with the quad issue, and you know you kind of wondered where his road trip might be going. But I know they got crushed the last couple of nights. But Toronto, he hits the three threes to start the game, and he just like uh, he set the tone. I thought in that one, and then the last two, even while they're getting blown out, I you know I liked his vibe. Yep. Yep. Um, I was watching him all you know most of the game today. We sit somewhat close to the Warriors bench in Brooklyn. And he was like up and active all game and, you know, came out in the second half and was, um, he was just kind of fired up in the huddles, attentive. Like he wasn't pouting. He wasn't, you know, you know, brooding over there, mad at the young guys, whatever. Like I just, you know, and he was good post game in the locker room and he's walking around. He's generally positive. Like I said, I, I interviewed him for a few minutes and he was, you know, basically saying, you know, when I'm like, what's the optimism level? And he's like, look, I'm the guy that, said we were going to win a title last year and everybody thought I was an idiot. You don't think, I don't think we can win a title again. Um, so, and you know, when he got subbed out late in the third, 
he comes over, he gives Steve Kerr a hug. He's high, he goes out and high five and everybody on the bench. And I think there was an appreciation. Of, he came out and played tonight on this back to back, you know, and he was there till late in the third. And, and when he was giving Kerr the hug and all the coaches high fives, they were telling him like, that's it for the night. But that's probably as you enter this stretch where it feels a little, I don't want to say do or die for the season, but it's pretty important. Like the fact that he does seem to be like about the mission is pretty important. Yeah, I, I think he's been in a pretty good spot for a couple of weeks now. Maybe he just feels better physically. <clears throat> Maybe, you know, kind of was when they switched him to that second unit, Slater. If, if I'm trying to find some general spot where I think he really feels tied in with this rotation, uh, with his role, with how important he is. Maybe that was a you know reestablishment of just how important he is, and he is, and and maybe that for a while, and maybe I, I don't, I probably was one of the people who was saying like this might be his final season with the Warriors, and 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 who knows how that's going to shake out. That's a financial thing, and it's a him punching Jordan Poole thing. Well, I'm make sure I want to add that, but his importance on the basketball court is the same as always. It's it's as high as it can be because of all the things he does. Uh, when he's scoring, it's even better. You know, sometimes he scores and sometimes he doesn't. But it's so essential to what they do. And they need him on the floor and they need him with that second unit because it wasn't organized without him. It wasn't intense without him. Uh, these are all things, I think, that maybe are energizing him. And maybe it's a you know remembering for him, like, this is what I do. This is how I do it. This is why I'm important. This is why the Warriors were the right spot for me. And this is why I'm the right person for the Warriors. Uh, and I think that's what we're seeing. And we'll, you know, they got to win games and they got to get themselves in better position. But it is draped to his credit that he's playing at a high level. And I think he's a, you know, we talk about defense travels. And, you know, if your shot's not falling, you got to con- contribute in other ways. And Draymond's his whole career, right? He's finding a, finding a way to contribute when the shot's not falling because the shot hasn't fallen very often. Yeah, so Grizzlies are the first game of this homestand on Christmas, Sunday, uh, 5 p.m. local ABC. This is a Grizzlies team that is, you know, I think going to come in wanting to really thump the Warriors, and, and, and it will be a rested Warriors team likely to have Wiggins back. So I think that's a, it's a pretty marquee you know, uh, high stakes. It feels like regular season game on Christmas. I know no Steph, as I know you've mentioned, ABC is not going to love that aspect of it. But from a Warriors perspective, if you have particularly Wiggins back, maybe DiVincenzo back, like that's a game I think you can get and, and would make a little bit of a statement to start the home stand. Or you come out off three days rest and they thump you in Chase Center and then stuff might start to spiral. Yeah, that's, you know, I, you don't want to get dumped, and we know the Grizzlies are capable of it, but the Grizzlies have not been great this season. Like, I've been surprised. I've seen some clunkiness. Nobody has, they've had their, Yeah, they've had their injury issues, and, you know, it's everybody's going through their stuff. So I don't think that Memphis is coming in here as a superpower. I thought Boston was coming in as a superpower, and <laughs> we saw what happened then, and then Boston wouldn't do a tissue after that. Got so, swept by two uh, games by the Magic in Boston. Yeah. That's a loss tonight. I mean, there's just – who knows? But, uh, yeah, I think that's a game they can win. If they're the Warriors of with a shot to get themselves to a decent seed, if they're the Warriors that can put themselves in position to, to go after another championship, they at least play well on you know on Christmas. 
don't know if they're going to win. Obviously, without Steph, that's a huge thing. But I, I think there's they should be able to play well enough to to win that game. Maybe lose it by a point or two. I just don't. That's not a game they should be blown out. Of, what I'm saying, and and we know what are they 15 and two at home? Like they're. I just think that's the story of the season. They're they feel comfortable, they win, and that's when they're at home. They don't feel comfortable, everything's not rolling right for them, they lose. That's what's happening on the road, three and sixteen. It's just not characteristic of the great Warriors teams uh, that we know of, but that's not this team. You know, they're if they're going to do it, they're going to do it a very different way. And I think Sunday will be part of it. I think they're going to play well. All right, Tim. We will probably talk again on Sunday. You know, post. I will not be. I am taking Christmas off as I always. Oh, do. oh okay. That's my one. That's my one thing. But I know you guys are always there. Well, I'm uh, gonna search I, for I'm, somebody in the arena to talk yeah, to. Yeah, I'm gonna be working on Christmas Eve. Is what I'm doing. There's a there's a little football team out there that seems to be doing pretty well, and I will be writing about that team on Christmas Eve. So. All right. He's not going to be writing about Carlos Correa much uh, in the next 13 <laughs> years. It doesn't seem like. Um, that was we, a good one. That was a good one. All right, we, I, still, I still love Shanahan was on the camera. We like, what the hell happened there? <laughs> like, yeah, everybody's like, well, I don't know what happened there. Yeah. All right. All right. We'll talk to you uh, later. Yeah. Yep. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.